Hello, welcome to Us Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Age of Sigma Stats Show, where I go through all of the stats that happen over the course of the weekend. Or mo most importantly, I go through the event results from Age of Sigma events that happened over the weekend. I do this every Monday, and I'll record it live on Twitch. Now, I want to start this show, which I do every week, with a bit of a shout-out, and I would like your help. This weekend, as an example, or this Monday, sorry, from this weekend, I'm going to be going through... Uh, one, two, three, four, five different events, 113 players playing across this weekend across three different countries. Now, normally over December, the stats and the events, they really slow down. And that's really cool. That's fine. It gives me a bit of a break. I don't mind that at all. Time for our balance battle scroll update, which should be coming, I think, fairly soon, which is all cool. Now, the thing or the request I'm going to make of all of you is I do this every single week and I would like to add a little bit more to the Stat Center show that we do every week. And what I mean by this is, is I want your photos. That's what I would like to get from you. So as you can see, there was an event in Spain this weekend. Normally, and you'll see when we do this later, whenever we're going through the stats, we normally like do a Google map to see where it is. Um, sometimes people will send us some pics and we try to show them on the screen as well. But I think I'd like to do a little bit more with the stat show. What I'd like to do is do an accompanying blog. And if you look, uh, past couple of weekends, I, I personally have been at a bunch of events. Uh, I ran an event this weekend um, at the TSN Arena, which is a Star Wars event. And last weekend I was in Canada playing in a Warhammer Fantasy Battle event. And I took a bunch of pictures of the event, you know, pictures of the organizers, the event, uh, and all that other stuff. And here you can see Adam as the winner, uh, Lord Blacksill second place, etc., and these other things. So I would really like to start getting your pictures pictures from the event. So if you have like, you know, the best painted and you take a picture of the army and a picture of the person, I could put it up. And I think I'd like to do an accompanying blog every single week alongside the stat show, because I think that'll be really nice for everyone. Um, I do try and show pictures off during the stream, but because of how managing to put that all up, it's a little bit more difficult, much easier to do to put that all together. So if you are running an event, um, and you do have a bunch of pictures. There's loads of easy ways to get at me. Um, you can tweet me. That's a really easy way to get at me and just say, I've got some pictures from this event, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you, we have a Patreon. You can sign up to that and just say, hey, Rob, like just sign up at the lowest tier, say, hey, Rob, like I've got some pictures and stuff from this event. Like that's an easy way to get at me. We do have a public Discord, but I never check the public Discord. I only check the Patreon Discord because I just don't have that amount of time. Uh, we also have uh, a contact form on our website. So you can go and check that. You can email those as well and email those in uh, on theonestwargamer.com if you want to do that. That's an easy way to, again, to get information to me. So any of those ways are ways to get that information to me if you'd like to. It'd be cool to see and I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, that's my shout out. Let's go and look at the event results this week and see who is top of the meta. Our first event from this weekend takes us to Spain, northern Spain, to be specific, to the GT Bilbao 2 AOS Circuitio Nacional, organized by DKHM, which are a YouTube channel who make a bunch of content uh, around Warhammer Age Sigma. You should go check them out. The event owner and the event organizer was Jorge Castillo. Shout out to Jorge. They had 32 players playing at this event. At the event, our first place was Jesus de la Pena Fernandez. Correct. Uh, I've said that name several times. He actually plays a lot of games uh, in Spain and does really well. So shout out to Jesus. Uh, and uh, it was organized here at this abandoned um, factory on the set of 28 Days Later is where the event was run. 
So, what was Jesus playing? He was running OCR, Bone Reapers, and Noel Myriad. And he was playing an Arkan the Black and Mortison Os Effector. He had the Command Trait Diversionary Tactics uh, and the Gothazar Cartouche. So he's got a plus one to wound uh, aura, uh, which is really good. And then he's got a Leech Cavalos. He's got a unit of Cavalos Death Riders and a unit of Immortus Guard. And this is all, like I've said, in Noel Myriad. So, two plus for ignoring spells, which is very effective. But the big thing here is a unit of four Morgast Archai with Spirit Halberds and another unit of four Morgast Archai with Spirit Halberds. These things have become incredibly popular over the past few months. Started probably, our progenitor was Tom Guan over in the USA who started uh, playing this a lot and then people have picked this up all around. They have an ability to shut down command abilities in auras around them, which is very, very effective. You can make them an incredibly high rend. I think you can get them up to rend four, might be rend five. They do a ton of close combat melee damage, and they're very tough to get rid of, uh, which is interesting, especially when they're backed up with Arcan, who can buff them with a bunch of spells, which is cool. So... Uh, they're also, I'm going to say, medium to fairly fast. Obviously, you've got the ability to make them move a little bit faster. Um which is quite good, but they're just very, very tough to get rid of. But it really does showcase that these are a huge damage-dealing threat um, and have some real output because they uh, they keep winning events. So you would think that maybe they'd be easy enough to take out. It's only 24 wounds, but it seems that's not the case, which is very fun. So congratulations to Jesus. Let's look at the four ones, shall we? We've got Javi Fernandez, Jorge Castillo uh, running Corn. Sorry, Javi Fernandez is running Seraphon Fangs of Sotek. Adrian Perez Corona, um, uh, Manuel Ruiz, Jose A. Fra, all in the four one category. Congratulations to all these guys. So uh, let's look at the list. Javi's running Seraphon. He's got a Skink Stars here. The Slan Star Master is his general with the Lord of Celestial Resonance as the command trait and the artifact, the Space Folder Stave. Skink Star Priest, Lord Croak, Soros, Astroth, Banner Bearer, and Skink Stars here. Then he's got a unit of Skinks, a unit of Skinks, and a unit of Source Guard, and a Bastilodon with the Arc Sotek, and a unit of Terror Wings. Terror, Wing, Terror Wings is a nice little bit of inclusion, but ultimately this is... Oh, sorry, I should also say Spell Portal, Suffocating Grave Tide, and Malevolent Maelstrom. I would say that Seraphon at this point is fairly solved, or at least the core cookie-cutter part of what you have in the list is fairly solved. You have the Slan with the Command Trait Lord of Celestial Resonance, the Artifact of the Power, uh, the Artifact of Power, the Space Folder Stave. Uh, you then have obviously Croak in the list as well, who's doing the Croak Bomb. Uh, then you have the Astroth Barnabara to give them plus one to cast, expel the extend their spell ranges. And then you have a Skink Star Priest and the Skink Stars here. And then there's just some stuff. It's just stuff. Like, and that stuff is different. Sometimes it's a bit still on with Arcasote. Sometimes it's some Hunters of Haunchies. Sometimes it's, I don't know, like, it could be anything. Like, it's, there's always a unit of Source Guard, obviously, for protecting the the slands from taking damage or the characters from taking damage. Um, but, you know, it's fairly solved, which is great. Uh, so it's just, that's what it does. It does all the damage at range via Croak. Um, and it opens up. And there is a huge win dis difference or win differential between uh, the uh, Starborn lists and the Coalesce lists. The Coalesce lists are doing much, much worse than this version of the list. <laughs> so if we look at Corn, if we look at Corn, it got a Blood Secretor, a Slaughter Priest, uh, a Scar Blood Wrath, a Blood Master, a Blood Thirster and a Fetter Fury, and then two units of 20 Blood Letters. 
After those big two block of 20 blood letters, there's a unit of flesh hounds, a unit of blood reavers, a unit of cause of Karnak, obviously, and the Hex Gorgeous Skulls. And then everyone's favorite at the moment, Furies for popping on objectives, uh, which is fun. So Corn is, again, fairly solved. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, this, is, this is all leading into what my conclusion will be at the end of the video. Uh, but it's fairly solved. Normally, as I've said before, you've got the Bloodthirst from a Fet of Fury. Shout out to someone in the comments who did point out that heroes obviously can't get the 3 6 charge, but Scarbrand himself does have a 3 6 charge. So everyone's doing a 3 6 charge, basically. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Uh, so, and then being able to turn off ward saves, this Bloodthirst from a Fet of Fury is just, this is the build. Uh, you know, Command Trait is Firebrand, so he's a priest. And then the Art of Art to Power is Argath, so units within, I think, three inches or models within three inches. I think it's units within three inches can't have ward saves. Then it's just about who you're going to 3d6 charge. And then on top of moving the hero phase, thanks to prayers, and also uh, being able to d6 move uh, with uh, the Blood Tide table. You've got a very fast combat army that's going to go out there and do a lot of damage. Uh, it's it's all about what you send. Are you sending a Scarbrand? Are you sending some Blood Letters? Are you going more tanky? Are you sending some Blood Warriors? So the core element of how it works is there. And then it's all about what you're going to do with that core element. In Seraphon's case, it's about protecting it. And in uh, Korn's case, it's about sending it, basically, which is quite interesting. If we look at our Glue Spike Gits list, this is a King's Gits list, and it's got a Madcap Shaman with Scragrot the Loon King. Those are our only heroes. And he's got the Clammy Hand and the Momit. Momit reduces a save. And then Clammy Hand obviously uh, lets you re-roll whether or not you get a unit back from the Loon Shrine. Then two units of 20 Moon Clan Stabbers. Don't forget they can hold objectives from nine inches away. And then two units of 15 Boingrot Bounders, which 100% will delete everything on the planet. Like, double delete. <laughs> they will ruin people's lives. They do a ton of damage. So the idea with this list is you sit behind uh, the unit of Moon Clan Stabbers who are holding objectives, then you countercharge over the top with the flying Boingrot Bounders, which is fun, that have been buffed up by also the Palooza and the Sneaky Snufflers in this list. And then there's two units of Loon Smasher Fanatics, probably one unit of each hidden inside the unit of Moon Clan Stabbers, so they can counter charge out when you do charge them. Uh, so you block up any big charges, which is quite nice, especially if something's doing a multi charge to clear the screen so they can charge into the Boingrots, then the Boingrots counter charge. Okay, again, fairly solved. This is not necessarily true. You do see Gits list being quite different. This is what's very popular at the moment. Um, you do see 36 Squig Herd and 15 Boingrots as an example being slightly different. Uh, but in, in actuality, they work fairly the same. And um, if they're having lots and lots of Gits, normally you'll see Jaws of Mork as well. Um, that'll be slightly different, but effectively solved, which is interesting. Uh, definitely not spiders. <laughs> it's definitely not a spider army, <laughs> let's put it that way. Okay, so then we've got Soulblight Gravelords, Legion of the Night, Vampire Lord, Necromancer, Vampire, Manfred von Karstein and Necromancer, and then a unit of, well, sorry, a unit of six Felbats, another unit of six Felbats, then three units of Deadwalker Zombies, 20s, and then two units of 10 Direwolves, with a unit of Allied in Mimron Banshees, which I think is cool, and the Eighth of Void Pendulum. Okay, so this is just a counter-charge army, pinning you in with all the nonsense units, uh, grabbing objectives, uh, and then Manfred is out there doing some damage if he needs to. It doesn't necessarily do a lot of damage. It's got some nice counter-spell protection with the Banshees. Uh, could do some damage via the Pendulum, uh, and that's basically it. And then we've got Stormcast Eternals in a Astral Templars army, and this has got Karazai the Scarred, so that's one of the big dragons. 
Lord Relictor and a Lord Castellan, then a unit of two units of Vanguard Hunters and a unit of six Stormdrake Guard, then one unit of Praetors. This list works by the Praetors protecting Karazai, uh, basically giving him a foe ward save and even a damage ignore. Uh, if you roll well enough, which is very, very good. Uh, then Karazai is obviously just a big fighting monster you go throw into the middle. And then you have a unit of Stormdrake Guard, which are just obviously still, even three years later, after multiple nerfs, still outrageously good. And so it kind of horrifies me to think about how good they were at release. But they're still good today. Uh, which is fun. And actually, arguably, Unit 6 has got a little bit better because of the changes to coherency rules, uh, which is fun. Oh, that's a Unit of 4. Sorry, it's not Unit 6. It's a Unit of 4. Um, so that isn't going to make much of a difference. Uh, okay. Looks like a really great event. Uh, I hope everyone in Spain had a really great time. Uh, thank you all. Uh, and I'm going to try and make sure I get some... If you got any pictures from the event post them up on our, uh, send them to us so we can check them out. Our next event is the Quest of Champions final over in England in Sutton on Ashfield near Nottingham and had 31 players playing it, uh, playing in this event. This is an event where I think you had to qualify at some of their preceding events in order to play in the finals event, I think. I'm pretty certain that that's the case, uh, which is cool. It was organized by Dan, Tom and Baz, which is lovely. We had 36, 31 players playing. Our winner in a 5-0 bracket was Mike Stewart of Team England. Shout out to Mike running his Eidneth Deepkin. He was running a Futh 1 list with Lotan and a Tidecaster. And then he has a Achillean Leviadon and I think nine Sharks. Um, there isn't really much to say about how this list plays. Uh, they unfortunately FAQ'd exploding sixes onto Sharks in order to, I think, improve their melee output. But instead, they forgot to write melee only, and so they got exploding sixes on their four attacks, shooting at an effective 38-inch range, um, which do D3 damage. And then that's per Achillean, so nine times four, so 36 shots. Eight shots also coming out of the big Leviadon. Uh, and so for a total of 44 D shots that do D3 damage at up to... 38 inch range uh it's very very good it's very good and then you follow up by fighting with some alapexes if there's a problem this list has it's obviously if you start to do enough damage very quickly they lose a little bit of board presence but they're good in combat and they have amazing ranged output so you can't really hide from them and don't forget because it's adnet deepkin you're going to get to fight all of your sharks at once through the whole of battle round three or always strikes first on all of your sharks which is good um so uh, amazing stuff. Well done to Mike for doing so well. In the 4-1 category, we've got some lovely people. We've got Peter Twig running Sylvaneth. We have Freddie Leggett running Blades of Corn. Pete Dixon running Ogre Moor Tribes. Andy Hughes running Sword Black Gravelords. And Rob Bottomley with his Seraphon Fangs of Totec. All Fangs of Totec, sorry. All of them in the 4-1 category. Right, let's talk about Peter Twig's list because it's cool because it's our first example with Belthanos in. So he's running a Heartwood army. Obviously, you're going to get plus one to hit against a bunch of different units. And he's got an Arch Revenant and he's got Belthanos. Don't forget, Belthanos is going to give all Sylvaneth in range run and charge, which is super important. The Warsong Revenant has got himself the command trait, the Warsinger. And the Warsinger means that you're going to get plus additional moves um, onto your movement characteristic. So now you've got plus move. I think it's plus three. Plus move and also run and charge. So these things are going very fast, which is cool. As well as the Warsong Revenant, obviously, being a great caster, has got uh, a, a bunch of really great spells on there. Hoarfrost being the most important one because you could get like Ren 3 on your two units of um, 
uh, six Koloth Hunters. One of them is a unit with great swords, and one of them is a unit of great bows. Then there's a unit of tree revenants and a unit of gossamid archers. So this must be incredibly fun to play. Like, genuinely, this is an inspirational list to me. I really love what Belthanos has finally done to the Silverneth army. No longer are they a caster castle sending out these uh, these units that are just running forward like missiles and then retreating back. Instead, you actually get to full-throated put a bunch of trees on the board and send it at the enemy. And he's got some units at the backboard. For instance, those great bows are going to be great for just holding a back objective and still projecting power with their, with their weapons, uh, with their uh, bow, sorry. You have the tree revenants for popping around and doing a bunch of different battle tactics. And you've got the gossamid archers, which, if you're in the right matchup, you can use to kind of screen and block movement into all of your trees before you counter charge, which is super fun as well, as well as doing great shooting. So, just very good. A very, very good list. Um, probably... Probably maybe the cookie cutter Sylvaneth list using Belthanos in the future. Definitely Warsinger, uh, the command trait, adds to that. Really excellent, really good. Archrev obviously giving everyone plus one to wound. Um, okay, so then our Blazer Corn list. Now, this is run by Freddy, and this is super fun uh, for a couple of different reasons. We're going to start out with his grand strategy before we even talk about what's in his corn army. His grand strategy is Reap the Blood Tithe. And this is, you have a Blood Tithe table for corn where you can do a bunch of different effects. And you can do them in each hero phase, specifically at the end of each hero phase, after Endless Spells have moved. That's an important thing to remember. Um, oh, is it before Endless Spells moved? I need to check. Anyway, um, but Reap the Blood Tithe is grand strategy requires Freddy to um, only use four of the Blood Tithe abilities. So in each of his hero phases, so he already elects not to do a Blood Tithe ability like Murderlust in the enemy's hero phase. In each of his hero phases, he has to do a different one of the Blood Tithe table to one he's done previously. So he only does four as opposed to doing eight, and those four have to be four different ones. He can't just do Murderlust four times. And I know as corn players around the world currently are being like, I don't understand how you would play a corn army then. Because <laughs> this fundamentally breaks how a corn army uh, normally plays. And therefore, the list looks very different as well. Here's a Bloodmaster, which is his general, with Argath, King of Blades, which turns off wards. A Blood Secretor and Corgus Cole. He's also got a Slaughter Priest, and he's got a Realm Gore Rich list. Then he has two units of Blood Reavers, a unit of Untamed Beasts, and a unit of 20 Blood Warriors. Then he has two units of Wrathmongers. Those two units of Wrathmongers are going to be uh, buffing the other unit. The Blood Warriors are going to be really tough, um, because they've got a great armor save. They can be very tough to get rid of. And then you've also got uh, Corgus Cole, who's going to make more murder rolls happen off them when they do explode, which is very cool as well. He's then also got a unit of Furies for grabbing objectives, and they've got a Wrath Axe and a Hex Gorgeous Skulls. As I understand it, he was able to achieve his grand strategy at least four out of five times, which is crazy. Uh, and very, very interesting. Uh, so this is just a really interesting, very Freddy list. Uh, I have consistently been reading out very weird and janky uh, lists uh, from uh, Freddy for a very, very long time. And so I'm unsurprised to see, again, uh, this, is, this is, again, another one of those inspirational lists. Going over to our ogre list, uh, being played by Pete. He was running Boulder Head, and he had a Frostal and Stonehorn, a Slaughtermaster. Then he had two Mournfang, two units of Stone, uh, Stonehorn Beast Riders, a unit of Noblars, a unit of four Iron Guts, and an Iron Blaster. And an Iron Blaster. This is a great list. While Ogres is very solved, um, the book... I'd say isn't particularly well constructed ultimately. You have to have that Frostal and Stonehorn is a linchpin because of that monstrous action that just does so much work in a game. Some of these other elements are quite fun, specifically because he hasn't 
overcommitted, like we saw with Mike with the Sharks, and gone for all big Stonehorn Beast Riders. Instead, he's really mixed up. We have a unit of Mournfang pack in there as well, which have their own little job. There are still two Stonehorn Beast Riders, but he's got a unit of Iron Guts for some countercharging and doing some amazing damage when they get the turn to get in, especially if Hoarfrost is cast on them from the Slaughter then he's got the Noblars for screens in counterpick lists uh, and counterpick matches, which is really fun. And then he's got the Iron Blaster, which is great. I, an Iron Blaster is genuinely not bad, still at 200 points. A lot of armies would like an Iron Blaster. So it's like a nice mixed arms army, which is really fun and did really well. Uh, so well done to him. Uh, Andy was running Soulblight Grave Lords in Legion of the Night. He had Manfred, Kado, Necromancer, and a Vampire Lord. Then he's got Prince Vordry and a Vengorian Lord, 20 Death Rattle Skeletons, and two units of three Felblats. Felblats? <laughs> uh, and then he's got the Aether Void Pendulum. Now, this is very much like Double Dragon, because there is a Double Dragon here, Manfred, and also obviously Vordry, I guess is a, technically a Double Dragon. The Vengori Lord is also excellent. The important part is very few of these big models are going to die because of the hunger. They're going to heal six each combat phase, which is very, very good. And the Vengori Lord, making it so that Rend is reduced down by one in an aura, is really going to help keep uh, the Vampire Lord, it's got a great, uh, the Vampire Lord, sorry, Prince Vordry. Um, up because you're not be able to get as many Ren 3's great armor save same with Manfred and also you've obviously got all the counter charging available in Legion and Knight so it's just very good uh, very good it's very very killy and it's also very survivable more survivable than it looks on paper also the main allegiance ability for Soulblight Gravelords is just super cooked. You kill a unit and then that unit is just going to reappear almost anywhere thanks to grave sites and other stuff and so you have to constantly screen the entire board while also killing those units while waiting for dragons to attack you. It's a very difficult game to manage and definitely almost always a Soul Black Gravelords player is in the driving seat in many ways. Uh, and then finally, our Seraphon list isn't very different to what we've seen previously. It's a Starborn Fangs of Sotek with a Slan with the classic cookie cutter build, a Starseer, Lord Croak, and a Skink Starseer uh, with the Astroth Banner Bearer, then a Unitsaurus Guard, Skink Skinks, and then double Rapto Charges. And the Bastilodon, Ark of Sotek, and the Malevolent Maelstrom. So like I said previously, does what it does. If you don't know what it does, or don't know what it does, do, deuce, deuce. If you don't know what it does, <laughs> it just does a lot of AoE mortal wounds at range summons even more units or does even more mortal wounds at range and just crushes all your hopes and dreams. It's also a great anti-magic list as well uh, because it can dispel from anywhere on the board, which is really good. So I hope everyone had this event had a great time. Our next event is the Warzone Atlanta event being held in Georgia. Um, organized by Calvin Rary. It had 24 players playing in the United States of America being held at a Hilton hotel. So very... Very swanky, which is very fun. In first place, we had the perfect and wonderful, the absolute legend that is Fabian Babus of the King Cheese Wargaming, running his Blades of Corn Reapers of Vengeance army. And he had a Bloodthirster and Fettered Fury with Commentary Firebrand and the artifact Argath and King of Blades. He also has got Scar Bloodwrath. Scarbrand is in there as well. Both of them can do 3d6 charges, or 3d6, there's two lots of 3d6 charges. There you go, YouTube commenters. Get out of my skin. Then they got a Bloodmaster, and then as an ally, Thedra Skullscryer for a good old battle tactic, and then 20 Blood Letters, 10 Blood Reavers, and the Claws of Karnak. Hex Gorgeous Skulls and Wrath Axe. This is no different to what I've talked about before. Lots of Murderlust for being able to block enemy units in, 
blood letters for doing big charges, big combat, big fun all the time. Pre-game move, claws of Kardec. I love pre-game move units. Pop on an objective, your opponent has to pop something on the objective to stop you. You can counter charge, it's perfect for perfect for mid-board armies, it's excellent. Right, let's go look at the four ones. In the 4-1 category, you've got Frederick Schmidt of the Georgia Warband, and you've also got Cody Saltz uh, with Seraphon. Uh, so what was uh, Frederick running? He was running Big War, okay? And he had Gobsprack, Uruk Warchanter, two of those, and Uruk Weird Knob Shaman, who is the general with the command trait Shaman the Chill Lands, so he knows loads of spells. Uh, and he's also got Foot of Gork and a great big Green Hand of Gork. And so he's obviously given uh, the upgrade. So he's paid for an enhancement, so you know more spells. So that general Weird Knob Shaman, even though he can only cast one spell, knows loads of spells. Uh, which is kind of fun. And then a War Dock, and then a Wurgog Prophet with, as always, glowing tattoos and the ability to Care Bear Stare. So we just do infinite mortal wounds. Then he's got a unit of 10 and two units of five Uruk Brutes as his battle line. A unit of six Gore Grunters, a unit of three Gore Grunters, and a unit of three Brute Ragers. Now, it's very fair to say that Big, Big War is actually uh, one of the top three performing armies at the moment in Age of Sigmar. Its ability to achieve battle tactics is very... like You don't even have to engage. It's actually an incredibly passive army, which is insane for an army called The Big War to be a passive, non-engagement army. But this is apparently the world we live in now. And <laughs> uh, Gobsprack's in there as well for being able to shut down enemy units really well. And then when it does finally decide to engage, it has a lot of very solid combat, uh, which is fun. Then Cody is just breaking the game. So Cody's running Seraphon, Starborn, Slan, with the loadout you expect. Croak, as always, Starseer, Nashroth Banner Bear, and Esking Starseer. Rob, there's nothing in here that's really a big deal. He's allied in the Pontifex Zinestra from the Cities of Sigmar. Go look up the Pontifex War Scroll. You are allying in... This is like allying in the, uh, the Stormcast character with the... Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Prime Time. Yeah, Celestine Prime that does the AoE Mortal Wounds. But this is better because it ta specifically targets characters all the time, board-wide. It's so dumb. Super, super dumb. Uh, so this is Cody's just just breaking hearts and minds. Uh, then he's also got the Bacillon with Arcosotech and he's got some Source Guards and some Skinks and stuff. And then Aether Void Pendulum and the Malevolent Maelstrom in the list as well. Uh, so Cody's just doing exactly what you should do when you play an Age Sigmar. He's seen a great, he's seen his win condition. The win condition for the Seraphon Starborn list is AOE Mortal Wounds and take out as many of the enemy support pieces as possible. What Cody has done is realize that there's an incredibly cheap way to ally in more of that win condition to overload the damage and he's bringing the Pontifex in Estra. It's incredibly smart. It's well thought out. It's wildly destructive. I hate it. <laughs> well done to Cody. Our next event is the Leicester GT. Um, uh, just being held in Leicester. And there were 16 players at this event. In first place, we had Luke Skelton. Uh, of the Pub Hammer group, and he ha was running Fresh Year Courts in Hollow Morn. And a Boron Gore King Royal Terrorgeist, Fargolf, a Boron Gore King, a Boron Art Regent, a Boron Art Regent, and then some Crypt Ghouls and some Crypt Horrors. While this list works by just piling loads of attacks on units and charging in, it doesn't really matter anymore because the new book has just come out, and so it won't play the way this plays anymore. So well done to Luke on being one of the last people to play with that book. It, our only 4 1 at the event was a Magikin of Nurgle army. And it had, in the Befouling Host, which is super popular right now, 
obviously because you get to summon lots, you get a lot of summoning from Befouling Host. Then the Gotkin, who is super popular right now because of his Blitzkrieg countercharge ability, and then Blow Rot Spawn and Morbid X Twice Spawn. Now, normally you would see a great and clean one for a fourth monster. Maybe you would see the last uh, Blight Lord. Sorry, Maggot Lord. But instead, you've got Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince, which is quite fun in here. Horticulic Slimux and a Spore Spock Scrivener. And because you've got the uh, Horticulic Slimux, you've got two units of three Beasts of Nurgle, uh, which obviously have got the run and counter charge there, your battle line. And then you've got Spire Tyrants, not counter charge, sorry, just retreat and charge, run and charge, uh, which is really good for doing mortal wounds. A lot of this is about summoning stuff and pinning units in. Uh, and then reducing how much damage your opponent can do to you as you score a lot of points, uh, which is quite interesting. I hope everyone had fun at the Leicester GT. Our last event for this week was this Merry Squigmaios AOS event being held in Washington at what looks like a military installation. Anyway, it was organized by Jason Bird and had 10 people attending the event. So in first place, we had the... Very fantastic, Matt Beasley. Love that guy a lot uh, of the Dimensional Cascade. And he was running Disciples of Zinch, being him, Zinch Bros for Life. And he was running Guild of Summoners, so he summoned a bunch of Lords of Change. He had a Gaunt Summoner of Zinch, a Magister, a Zengor Shaman, and another Zengor Shaman. Then he was running a unit of Jade Obelisk, which is nuts, because I think they're terrible. And then two units of Pink Horrors, because now this is something that's just started to happen in the Zinch community. Pink Horrors are back. A lot of people didn't want to hear me say that. A lot of people don't want that to be true, but they're back, baby. Pink Horrors, back in the game. And then you have the Demonic Samuel Arkham, a Chromantic Cogs, which is Ender Spells, and then you have Ogroid Therodons. No, sorry, scratch that. Two units of Ogroid Therodons in this army. So this is your classic tank and spank list. Um, and then... Those Ogroid Theridons have got the Great Axes, uh, so they're doing a lot of damage. So what do I mean by that? Well, the Pink Horrors are really good for holding the front line. Uh, you know, they're very tough. They're 50 wounds each, so getting through them is very tough. So normally you end up just pinned in combat with them, which means you can counter charge with the Theridons. All the while, you're casting a lot of spells with your Zangor Shamans, your Magister, and your Gaunt Summoner uh, as well. Then you're summoning Lords of Change, and so your army is ramping up very very quickly, right? This is an amazing list. Inspirational, very cool. Theridons and Pink Horrors, no one wanted it, but here we are, which is very, very exciting. So well done to Matt for just changing. Thank you to Daniel Alexander for donating five gift subscriptions in the chat. It's very much appreciated. Uh, and also Altharian for subscribing for the very first time. That's nice. Yeah, so thank you to all of you. You're great. Okay, I have only for one at the event was Ricky Fisher with his Gloom Spike Gits, King's Gits as well, so as I talked about previously. Scragrot, Dankhold Trog Boss is the general with the Alpha Trog and the Madcap Shaman. Then one unit of five Boingrots, probably the best small cav in the game. Moonclan Stabbers, two units of 20 of those. A unit of six Rock Guts, a unit of six Rock Guts, and a unit of another five Boingrot Bounders. Loon Smasher Fanatics, Loon Smasher Fanatics. So this is, I guess, kind of similar to what we saw previously with the Moonclans and also the Boingrots. Some screens of Moon Clans, then you're going to counter charge with Rock Guts, which is super fun. Also, we love to see people screening their Rock Guts. Too many troll players have just been letting their Rock Guts get slapped in the face, which I hate. So, love to see that as well. So, congratulations to you. That's very excellent. Okay, so 
that is the uh, that is the event results from this weekend. So there's a couple of things I really want to say about the lists and about the meta generally. And I did say last week that the meta is very open, and I do really believe that. This is only a small snapshot of the whole competitive scene. You know, we saw Ineth Deepkin this week have all sharks. We saw them only a week ago or two weeks ago have thralls and everything else win in the Canadian meta. So please do understand that there is a lot of differences in some of these lists. Sobrek Gravelord's lists are all very different. The corn lists are all very different. Uh, those Shark Bone Reapers have started to get a new trend where they've got all of these uh, Morgas, uh, which is fun. So the lists are very, very different. And I would say the meta is the most open it's been for a very long time. But the reason it's open is because battle tactics is so very, very easy. The Between book tactics and, um, and you know, the general GHB tactics, I feel like the game is kind of non-engaging. Very much like talked about with um, the Big War. Big War don't need to engage, just, just rack up points, and all they need to do is sit on a primary. This does mean uh, that while this gives lots of armies opportunities to win, which is excellent, that path to victory is very much by being given pity points versus engaging the game. Now, that said, a lot of players still have to actually play the game, which is very fun. And it does mean the primary becomes even more important, which is quite interesting. And it keeps making me thinking about Big Phil's play, where Big Phil's like, if I just delete your army, what are you going to do? You're not going to score points, which I think is very interesting as well. Do I think cities is going to change the landscape particularly? I'm not really sure. I would very much like to see something be done about book tactics going into the new battle scroll i probably would like to see book tactics go down to only being worth one victory point each not because this is going to drastically affect how um the difference between the top and the bottom of the meta but because what it's going to do is it's going to make the game have to be generally more dynamic therefore i think that's going to be a positive however to follow that up then the game might have some winners and losers. So I'm not really sure how I feel about that right now. I feel right now you can run a ton of different armies and probably do quite well with them. Go 3-2, 4-1, both of which are fantastic results. And so if the game is in that spot, why don't I want it to be in that spot? I don't really know. I think it's just watching people score points for doing nothing feels really weird. And I'd rather see people score points for getting into fights and actually having a battle because ultimately it's a game about battling soldiers so i think that's kind of what i'd like to see um even though that maybe throws the game into some sort of disparity i don't know this isn't this isn't chess where there is no there's no kind of like uh narrative going on there is ultimately two armies battling and that has to be an important factor in, in what the game does look like, even at a competitive level. It isn't just tokens with numbers next to them. There's armies doing battle. So I would actually like to see them doing battle, I think is the kind of long and short of it. Anyway, I'd love to know what you think about this, as always. And, you know, I hope... And please do visit thehonestwargamer.com uh, to see if I've even written a blog. And if I have, I'll include it in the link to the show in the show notes below so you can go check it out and you can look at all the pictures from the event at the weekend. If you've enjoyed this video, please do like and subscribe, leave comments because that helps with the algorithm, share it with your friends and also subscribe to Patreon. Thanks very much for listening. Listening? <laughs> thanks, thanks for watching maybe or listening. My love to you. Thanks very much.